Hi, my name is Lynn McTaggart. Welcome to my podcast, Living the New Science. In these podcasts, I'm covering some extraordinary discoveries by frontier scientists and why this changes everything we think about how our world works and also how we should live our lives. Today, I want to talk a bit about the kind of energy that our thoughts may have so we can understand a bit more how they might affect the world out there. In 1994, a psychologist called Dr. Gary Schwartz from the University of Arizona sat in on a lecture by physicist Elmer Green, one of the pioneers of biofeedback. Green, like Schwartz, had grown interested in the energy being transmitted by the mind. To examine this more closely, he had decided to study remote healers and to determine whether they sent out more electrical energy than usual while in the process of healing. Green reported in his lecture that he had built a room whose four walls and ceiling were entirely made of copper and were attached to microvolt electroencephalogram, that's EEG, amplifiers, the kind used to measure the electrical activity in the brain. Ordinarily, an EEG amplifier is attached to a cap with embedded electrodes, each of which records separate electrical discharges from different places in the brain. The cap is placed on a person's head, and the electrical activity picked up is displayed on the amplifier. EEG amplifiers are extraordinarily sensitive, capable of picking up the most minute of effects, even one millionth of a volt of electricity. In remote healing, Green suspected that the signal produced was electrical and emanated from the healer's hands. The copper wall acted like a giant antenna, magnifying the ability to detect the electricity from the healers and enabling Green to capture it from five directions. He discovered that whenever a healer sent healing, the EEG amplifier often recorded it as a huge surge of electrostatic charge. It's the same kind of the buildup and discharge of electrons that occurs after you shuffle your feet along a new carpet and then touch a metal doorknob. It made perfect sense that we transmitted energy. A great deal of evidence had already proved that all living tissue has an electric charge. Placing this charge in three-dimensional space caused an electromagnetic field that traveled at the speed of light. The mechanisms for the transmission of energy were clear, but what was unclear was the degree to which we sent out electromagnetic fields and whether our energy was being picked up by other living things. Some people might even have a more powerful positive or negative charge than others. In Elmer Green's copper wall experiment, all sorts of equipment malfunctioned in the presence of Rosalind Bruyere, a famous healer. Schwartz was on to something fundamental about the actual energy that human beings emit. Do thoughts also create a relationship with the people around us? 
Every intention towards someone else might have its own physical counterpart, which would be registered by its recipient as a physical effect. Elmer Green demonstrated in his research that an enormous surge of electrostatic energy occurred during healing. When a person is simply standing still, his or her breathing and beating heart will produce electrostatic energy of 10 to 15 millivolts on the EEG amplifier. During activities requiring focused attention, such as meditation, the energy will surge up to 3 volts. During healing, however, Green's healers produced voltage surges up to 190 volts. One produced 15 such pulses, which were 100,000 times that of normal, with smaller pulses of 1 to 5 volts appearing on each of the four copper walls. On investigating the source of this energy, Green discovered that the pulses were coming from the healer's abdomen, called Dantian, and considered the central engine of internal energy in the body of Chinese martial arts. Stanford University physicist William Tiller constructed an ingenious device to measure the energy produced by healers. The equipment discharged a steady stream of gas and recorded the exact number of electrons pulsing out with the discharge. Any increase in voltage would be captured by the pulse counter. In his experiment, Tiller asked ordinary volunteers to place their hands about six inches from his device and hold a mental intention to increase the count rate. In the majority of more than a thousand such experiments, Tiller discovered that during the intention, the number of recorded pulses would increase by 50,000 and remain there for five minutes. These increases would occur even if a participant was not close to the machine so long as he or she held an intention. Tiller concluded that directed thoughts produced demonstrable physical energy, even over remote distance. Two other studies measured the actual electrical frequencies emitted by people using intention. One study measured healing energy, and the other examined energy generated by a Chinese Qigong master during times that he was emitting external qi, the Chinese term for energy or the life force. In both instances, the measurements were identical. Frequency levels of 2 to 30 hertz were being emitted by the healers. This energy also seemed to change the molecular nature of matter. Bernard Grad, an associate professor of biology at McGill University in Montreal, examined the effect of healing energy on water that was, was to be used to irrigate plants. After a group of healers had sent healing to samples of water, Grad chemically analyzed the water by infrared spectroscopy. He discovered that the water treated by the healers had undergone a fundamental change in the bonding of oxygen and hydrogen in its molecular makeup. The hydrogen bonding between the molecules had lessened in a similar manner to that which occurs in water exposed to magnets. A number of other scientists confirmed Grad's findings. 
Russian research discovered that the hydrogen-oxygen bonds in water molecules undergo distortions in the crystalline microstructure during healing. These kinds of changes can occur simply through the act of intention. In one study, experienced meditators sent an intention to affect the molecular structure of water samples they were holding throughout the meditation. When the water was later examined by infrared spectrophotometry, many of its essential qualities, particularly its absorbance, which is the amount of light absorbed by the water at a particular wavelength, had been significantly altered. When someone holds a focused thought, he may be altering the very molecular structure of the object of his intention. In his research, Gary Schwartz wondered whether intention only manifested as electrostatic energy. Perhaps magnetic energy also played a role. He remembered a study carried out by William Tiller in which psychics had been placed inside a variety of devices that blocked different forms of energy. They had performed better than usual in a Faraday cage, which filters out only electrical energy but they performed worse when placed in a magnetically shielded room. From these early studies, Schwartz gleaned two important implications. Healing may generate an initial surge of electricity, but the real transfer mechanism may be magnetic. Indeed, psychic phenomena and psychokinesis, which is the study of mind over matter, could be influenced simply through different types of shielding. Electrical signals might interfere, while magnetic signals enhance the process. To test this latest idea, Schwartz was approached by a colleague of his, Melinda Connor, a postdoctoral fellow with an interest in healing. The first hurdle was finding an accurate means of picking up magnetic signals. They chose a small, handheld, battery-operated, three-axis digital Gauss meter originally designed to measure electromagnetic pollution by picking up extra-low-frequency magnetic fields. The Gauss meter was sensitive enough to pick up one-thousandth of a Gauss, a very faint pulse of a magnetic field. Connor and Schwartz gathered together a group of practitioners of Reiki, the healing art developed a century ago in Japan. They took measurements near each hand of all the healers during alternating periods while they were running energy, and then during times when they were at rest with their eyes closed. Next, the pair assembled a group of master healers with a substantial track record of successful dramatic healings. Again, Connor and Schwartz took magnetic field measurements near each hand while the master healers were running energy and then at rest. Then they compared the Reiki measurements with the measurements they'd taken of people who had not been trained in healing. Once Schwartz and Connor had analyzed the data, they discovered that both groups of healers demonstrated significant fluctuations in very low pulsations of a magnetic field emanating from both hands. 
a huge increase in oscillations in the magnetic field occurred whenever a healer began to run energy. However, the most profound energy increase surged from their dominant hands. So if they were right-handed, it would be the right hand. The control group of people who were not trained healers did not demonstrate this same effect. Then Schwartz compared effects from the Reiki group with those of the master healers and discovered another enormous difference. The master healers averaged close to a third more magnetic field changes per minute than did the Reiki healers. Schwartz and Connor had their proof that directed intention manifests as both electrostatic and magnetic energy. But they also discovered that intention was like playing the piano. You need to learn how to do it, and some people do it better than others. But the possibility that healing might be a magnetic effect did not explain long-distance remote healing. In some instances, healers sent healing from thousands of miles away, and the effect did not decay with distance. In one successful study of AIDS patients who improved through remote healing, the 40 healers involved in the study sent the healing to the San Francisco patients from locations all across America. Similar to electrical fields, magnetic fields decrease with distance. The magnetic and electrical effects were likely to be some aspect of the process, but not its central one. It was likely to be closer to a quantum field, possibly more akin to light. Schwartz began to consider the possibility that the mechanism creating intention originated with the tiny elements of light emitted from human beings. In the mid-1970s, a German physicist named Fritz Albert Popp had stumbled upon the fact that all living things, from the most basic of single-celled plants to the most sophisticated of organisms, like human beings, emitted a constant tiny current of photons, tiny particles of light. He labeled them biophoton emissions and believed that he had uncovered the primary communication channel of a living organism, that it used light as a means of signaling to itself and to the outside world. We've discussed this in an earlier podcast. For more than 30 years, Pop maintained that this faint radiation, rather than biochemistry, was the true driving force in orchestrating and coordinating all cellular processes in the body. Light waves offered a perfect communication system able to transfer information almost instantaneously across an organism. Having waves rather than chemicals as the communication mechanism of a living being also solved the central problem of genetics, how we grow and take final shape from a single cell. It also explains how our bodies manage to carry out tasks with different body parts simultaneously. Pop theorized that this light must be like a master tuning fork, setting off certain frequencies that would be followed by other molecules in the body. Could it be that these were the frequencies that mediated healing? Schwartz got hold of a state-of-the-art, super-cooled CCD camera the kind used on telescopes. This exquisitely sensitive equipment, now used to photograph galaxies deep in space, 
picks up about 70% of any light, no matter how faint. Schwartz was finally able to test whether healing intention also generated light. His colleague, Kathy Kreeth, got hold of a number of healers and asked them to place their hands on the platform underneath the camera for 10 minutes. Schwartz's first crude images showed a rough glow of large pixelations, but they were too out of focus for him to analyze them. Next, he tried placing the healer's hands on a white background, which reflected light, rather than a black one, which absorbed light. The images were breathtakingly brighter. A stream of light flowed out of the healer's dominant hands, almost as though it were flowing from their fingers. Schwartz now had his answer about the nature of conscious thought. Healing intention creates waves of light, and indeed, among the most organized light in nature. Here's a little experiment to test the power of your energy on the people around you. Get close to one of your loved ones or friends or coworkers, and first send positive intention to them and see how it affects them physically. Are they more coordinated than usual? Are they more positive than usual? Just see what happens. Then send negative intention to the same person and look at their movements this time. Are they clumsier than usual? You might be affecting them just that way with an electrostatic charge. This is Lynn McTaggart helping you to live the new science. Keep listening and I'll continue to give you information and tips each time about how to incorporate this new information into your life. And don't forget, just once a year, I offer intensive teaching on the keys to successful intention and the power of eight during a single year-long Power of Eight Masterclass. It's a six-week webinar course, after which I place all the Masterclass members in Power of Eight groups to meet for an entire year under my ongoing supervision. You then receive four more bonus live webinars from me, plus weekly tips, guidance, and monitoring for the entire year. You meet with your intention family regularly via Skype or Zoom and watch the miracles unfold. When we've monitored Masterclass members who attend these sessions religiously, close to 100% get positive results. This past year, my participants have overcome depression and many other chronic illnesses, had amazing financial windfalls, found dream homes and dream jobs, and much more. So the doors to the 2020 Power of Eight Intention Masterclass are now open, and it starts on February 1st. To find out more or book your place, go to lynnmctaggart.com and follow the Intention Masterclass link. <music>